Good morning. Welcome to Q&A. We're so glad that you've decided to join us. Um, and this is your opportunity to ask questions from the sermon this morning. So the phone number is up on the screen, and we would invite you to text them in. Um, and as you can see, we have some special guests joining us this morning. We have Mr. Jake Persian, John Adams joining us. So excited to have you guys this morning. Thanks for being here. Um, so two of our elders, as Doug had mentioned, they serve on the elder team with Doug and some other uh, guys with great wisdom and really appreciate their heart to be mm. here this morning. <laughs> so excited to have you guys. Um, so continuing our series in Ephesians, a spirit-filled employee, um, as someone who came from the corporate world to then work in ministry, I can completely identify <laughs> with this and the challenges and the struggles behind trying to um, live that walk in that testimony in a very difficult corporate environment. So very encouraging and challenging to me this morning, and I'm sure to a lot of um, others watching. So we do have. So your point is that now you have an unreasonable boss that you now that you work for the church. You're an unreasonable boss. <laughs> no, I just thought that's where she was at. No. Now that I've come to the oh, church, I really get what it's like to. <laughs> no, no, not not the case at all. But we do have some uh, questions that have come in. If you guys are okay, oh, let's do it. Ready to get rolling? All yes. right. Um, so first one here. Um, I have struggled with my boss. They're so abrasive and I've responded similarly. How do I change the tide here? Mm. Um, also coming from the corporate world for a lot of years, um, I've had that experience of an abrasive manager for a while. And uh, I think some practical things to, to focus on would be Pray for wisdom every day. Mm -hmm. um, be gentle. Focus on being gentle. And Doug covered all these attributes, but focus on a gentle word turns away wrath. Mm -hmm. and, and remember that. And, you know, I think to have a conversation, if you can, at the right time, as you build a rapport with that manager, about what motivates you best, not being abrasive, but you don't want to say it quite that way, but hey, I'm, you know, what really motivates me is positive encouragement, reinforcement, those kinds of things. Um, remember that vengeance belongs to the Lord. And to me, that includes grumbling and complaining, being critical. So, you know, like Doug said this morning, you have a great opportunity to be the light in that environment. So, and, and what I would, you know, tell myself, my younger self at this point would be, remember your identity. Remember who you are. Absolutely. And I would say along lines with remembering your identity is remembering... Um, what I have been forgiven of and what has been given to me that in that grace and mercy that's been shown on me. And so, uh, man, when I can look at myself in light of a, a perfect and holy God dealing with um, an abrasive boss, um, or in, in my case, lots of times it's a customer, right? That my client yeah. becomes my boss. And when they're abrasive, I can, I can remember Oh man, I have been loved well by a good father, by um, our boss 
there, I can love this person well in light of this. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Uh, what I appreciate about the question is it recognizes uh, I tend to repeat to, to others what's been done to me. Mm-hmm. Unless I'm very deliberate to not. And that might seem obvious, but uh, I think it, it happens to the degree that we don't recognize it's happening. And we go, whoa. <laughs> to use strong language, man, I, I, he's a jerk and now I'm the jerk. Mm-hmm. And that, that's going to automatically happen, likely, unless we're deliberate and intent to go, I'm not going to simply repeat the uh, repeat. Uh, in my life, what authority over me has demonstrated. So I think just even in that question, acknowledging, wow, I'm becoming that is it's the right start yeah. to go. I don't, I don't want to be that person. Right. No, absolutely. And, and, and intentionally take care not to be, because I think, to a degree, we all take on some of the characteristics of our bosses. You're right. So this might put you on the spot, James, so you can pass. But uh, you said you had an abrasive boss. Okay. Uh, the spot is not to name him. No, right. uh, one of your thought, one of your ideas was, if possible, speak to them. Let them know. Uh, did you ever ha- have an occasion where you were able to do I that? I did, and there was limited success with that. Okay. You know, this person was, this was their management style. Yeah. But I think there was some tempering of that when I had the opportunity to be very careful how you communicate those mm-hmm. things. But I saw some tempering over time. Then. Have you ever had a boss? Because I know a guy who has a boss who, it, once you let them know that bothers you, then that's like, oh. Now I know. Yeah. And they're actually going to turn it up versus turn it down. Yeah, that could be a possibility. And that's a risk yes. that you have when you, you know, reveal some things mm-hmm. like that. It wasn't the case in this one, but okay. I can see that point yeah. you know, where that might be an issue. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think the I think this person uh, had had to learn. Uh, I'm not going to let them know it bothers me. And it hurts me the way it does because all it does is encourage them. I mean, that's that's the how unreasonable, cruel the boss is. That if he can find a way in to really yeah. uh, hurt you, he'll take it. Oh yeah. Sure. My my point was not so much this is what hurts me is this is the way to motivate me. So give them some positive. Give them some positive yeah. ways to do that. That's good. Clarify. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Versus, hey, I'm, you know, this really bothers. Which, you know, may be an opportunity, may be a possibility to communicate that as well, if you get that chance. It's more of a risk, I think. That's good wisdom. It's very good wisdom. Um, Next question here. I found myself trying, or trying, finding, sorry, my identity. Wow, I'm going to start over because I completely messed up this first part of their question. (laughs) I found myself tying my identity to the success or failures of my work. The pressure and stress of this is crushing me. My mind is constantly thinking about work and it's hindering my fellowship with the Lord and stealing my joy. Is there any hope or encouragement for me? Yeah. Yes. I I thought about that. And that is, you know, me, if I could go back and talk to my younger self again, it would, it would be, 
because we were in a very competitive environment and you, you know, constantly being evaluated against your colleagues, really, and against others, it didn't promote teamwork as, yeah. as much as, you know, a positive environment would in that case, different approach. But I, I can recall when I reached a point where I, I realized that everything I am doing is for the Lord, and that took a huge weight off my shoulder. I knew it, but wasn't practicing it. So when I began to step into that and began to fully practice that, that weight lifted. I still did wanted to do my best work, but not with all of the peripheral issues and problems that go with that. And focus on what I'm doing this for you. This, this is the point of, you know, what I'm doing and spiritually significant in terms of the approach to that work. Yeah, the scripture here that we reviewed this morning speaks to that. In, yeah. in doing our work, not as, as uh, men pleasers, right? Not, not just to, right. to please those around us, but to, to please our Heavenly Father. Uh, so yeah. there is a freedom in that. Yeah. Uh, and I, I would say from my experience, I think that's where I found the joy of work in that was not, um, you know, I joke a lot. I sell telephones, right? Nothing really fun or exciting about telephones, uh, but the joy of working and, and working hard is that this is God honoring and, and I can bring him glory in, in doing it well, doing it with kindness and integrity and truthfulness. Yeah, I part of the if I captured the question correctly is the success factor, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. right, and that's what's keeping me awake at mm-hmm. night. That's what's consuming me of the need to succeed. Mm-hmm. And and uh, <laughs> even though I'm the odd man out here in terms of I don't have a real job, <laughs> even this unreal job can live with that sense of sure. of. It would be the temptation of every pastor, pastor to be consumed with, well, how many people attend the chapel? How many people come to my church? And who's leaving the church? And, and to think of success in yeah. that way. So um, maybe it's easier, actually, in my unreal world, because I think everybody knows, hey, if someone comes to Christ, if, if a church is successful and authentic, true to the gospel— mm-hmm. That's the Lord's doing. But I think that's true for all things. Yes. I think God makes people successful, and God doesn't make some people successful. Um, He really made Nebuchadnezzar successful. And Nebuchadnezzar had to learn a hard lesson that it wasn't his own doing. So I think my encouragement here would be, when you say your identity is tied to your success, recognize success is beyond your control. You can, the 12 things we talked about, give yourself to that and recognize the degree of success that comes when I do my part is up to the Lord. And then the issue will be uh, contentment 
in whatever the Lord chooses to give. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. And that, that was my point was that weight that I felt lift was when I realized that, recognized that yes. I don't have that control. Right. Lord, I'm going to do my best, but it's unto you. You're in control of everything else. Right. No excuse for laziness. No. That's right. No. But, um, you know, you, we all wear not only a work hat, we wear, you've worn a husband hat and a dad hat yeah. and a grandfather. Oh, not you. Uh, <laughs> grandfather hat. Yeah. yeah. We've, and so, neighbor hat, <laughs> elder hat. So, part of that is recognizing um, I cannot be consumed by my job and please the Lord because he has other hats for me to wear. Right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yep. Yep. And he's in control. Yeah. And clarifying, you have a right. real job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Thank you. Yeah. I was trying to figure out how yeah, to put yeah. that in yeah. somewhere. <laughs> as real as any that I'm, I'm aware of. Um, yes. You know, I, before we had Thursday night service, I would have to go, it's Friday and I'm going to go home and I'm actually going to be at home Friday night and I'm going to give myself to my family Friday night and all day Saturday. I'm not the pastor who studies or works or prepares Saturday night. That's time for me to be at home. Mm-hmm. And it was a trusting because is a sermon ever finished? Well, not really. Right. Right. So I would go, Lord, I'm going to give as much as effort and I'm going to work hard during the hours that I'm called to work. And then I got to trust you that, yeah, that he a, can, he can, a really well-crafted sermon can be a waste and a poorly crafted sermon. The Lord can still use. Yeah, and that's, that's not a question, but that's yeah. a great point about the Lord gives us cycles of work, cycles of rest. Yeah. They're both important. Yes, that's right. Yes. Absolutely. Um, so kind of a ask for clarification here. Um, this individual says, I understand heaven, forgiveness, being right with God are not a reward for our works. I'm still having a hard time wrapping my mind around Ephesians 6, 8 and what it means to be rewarded for my hard work. It seems easy to conclude I'll work hard in the world so that I will get more on earth or in heaven. You guys want me to jump in on that? Yes, one? please. Okay. Uh, your looks told me so. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually thinking, ooh, I'd like to hear that question one more time. <laughs> Yeah, the so ultimately it seems like what's a reward going to be in heaven for work? I think that's the question. I think so. What it means to be rewarded for my hard work. It seems easy to conclude I'll work hard in the world so that I'll get more on earth or in heaven. Yeah, or in heaven. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, The scripture doesn't give us exactly what rewards will look like. There's this idea, uh, there's this image of crowns. But then we lay him down at Jesus' feet. So was that a reward? Uh, yes, a huge reward. Because heaven will be a life of worship, that which is, doesn't mean just singing songs. But the privilege of laying down crowns will be part of the joy of our reward in heaven. So that's so fleeting. Well, it's just like a one-time moment. That's how we understand time now, how that will play out when we are now in immortal bodies uh, in all eternity, I don't think we'll think of things in like, well, that was a five minute exercise. Wow, I worked 40 years for a five minute moment to lay down my crowns. I don't, that, that's just locked in time. So, uh, and I think we will work in heaven. 
It says we'll serve the Lord. I think we're going to work in heaven. And I think part of the reward will be the privilege of what we are given to do in heaven. What that looks like, I have no idea. Maybe fishing captain. I don't don't know. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) It'll be an appropriate reward, I'm sure. Right. Yes. (laughs) We can trust you on that. Right. So whether it's capacity to somehow engage in worshiping the Lord more fully, I don't know what that will look like. But uh, entrance into heaven by faith, Mm -hmm. by God's grace, reward in heaven for what is done for the Lord and by the Lord. And that's why we're going to lay the crowns down. Because it was actually his work. Right. We were the instrument, but right. it was his work. So he deserves the crowns. Yep. So am I allowed to ask a question? Right? Absolutely. Is that how that works? So it sounds like you're saying work is almost an act of worship, whether it's here or in heaven. Yep. It absolutely is yeah. an act of worship because, well, it can be. And no, it is. It just depends who we're worshiping. Ah. Right? Yes. Uh, everybody goes to work worshiping something. <laughs> Whether it's the weekend mm-hmm. <laughs> or the paycheck mm-hmm. or the applause mm-hmm. or the Lord. So, yeah, we all worship right. in our work, probably. Yep. Absolutely. That's a good point. And we really thank you, everyone, for being here this morning. Really appreciate the wisdom um, and sharing with us this morning. And so glad you decided to join us. Great questions, as always. Please know we really appreciate your questions and really hope you have a blessed week.